Hello, and welcome to the third episode of my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, the first two episodes, we talked about some strange, exciting, and at times scary stories from the past,、um, from ancient Chinese literature. And this episode, I want to talk about something that happened. In real life,、um, but at the same time,、um, is turned into a great play,、um, and it's really quite a story. So, if the first two episodes have not bored you, you'll certainly like what we're gonna be doing today.、Um, so, we're gonna talk about. The very famous Tony Award-winning play by Henry David Huang, called M Butterfly.、Um, the fictional play takes its premise from the news of a real-life imprisonment of male French diplomat. His name is Bernard Boursicol.、Uh, sorry, I butchered the name.、Um, so he、um, committed treason. For passing along confidential documents to his lover, after it was revealed that he was unaware for two decades long that the Chinese woman he had affair with was in fact a man, a Chinese spy, and also a renowned Peking opera performer named Shi Pei Pu. Now, what's even more crazy? Is the fact that they two had a kid, and I mean, by what two men, right? It turns out, according to Bernard,、um, Shi Pei Pu had been hiding his genitals, so that's why the French diplomat did not realize that he, I mean, that she, is actually a he. So. Um, yeah, it's quite a strange, weird story, and we're gonna definitely, definitely explain it.、Um, but how did I get to know M Butterfly?、Um, actually, I went to see the Broadway show、um, a couple years ago, and I immediately fell in love with it.、Um, the twenty seventeen version that I saw. Uh, starring Clive Owen, Clive Owen,、um, and directed by Julie Taymor, was at the Court Theatre in New York, and is a revived version of the Broadway play in 1988, which won the 1988 Tony Award for Best Play that year.、Um, note that M Butterfly is not Madame Butterfly by Puccini. Um, but as we go on to learn more about it, the two play do have connections on a very, very interesting level.、Um, so, M Butterfly, since its debut, has drawn significant popularity and critical interest as a play that critiques contemporaneous Western stereotypes regarding race, gender, and nationality. In his original 1988 afterward,、uh, 
um, explaining how he wrote the play, Henry David Huang writes that he concluded that the diplomat must have fallen in love not with a person but with a fantasy stereotype. I also infer that to the extent the Chinese spy encouraged these misperceptions, he must have played up and exploited the image of the oriental woman as demure and submissive. And Henry David Huang chose to use as his model Puccini's Madame Butterfly, which he found rife with sexist and racist cliches, and conceived of Gallimard, um, which is the name of the um, in the play of the French diplomat. Um, his name is Gallimard in the play. Um, as the Frenchman who fantasizes that he is Pinkerton and his lover is Butterfly. Some reference to Madame Butterfly, if you know. Um, but by the end, Frenchman discovers it is he who has been Butterfly. So this original play, Henry David Huang said that he specifically refrained from further research for I was not interested in writing docudrama but the recent version 2017 which I saw he produced a rewritten version of M Butterfly um, that is a little bit different from the original one and to explain this rationale behind choosing to rework arguably his most renowned play Henry David Huang wrote that he was prompted by how the way we think about gender fluidity, um, fluidity has also changed considerably during the play's premiere, and the additional details that emerged about the people he based the play's two center characters on, Gallimard and Song. So this prompted Henry David Huang to rewrite it with a more complicated understanding of gender identity and fluidity and intersectionality the notion that race gender and sexual identity are linked and i wish to argue however that many of the play's core binary oppositions and critiques i think a dramatization of western stereotype of the east and vice versa this constructed performance of masculinity and femininity and the power dynamic of one individual and group viewed as superior and the other individual and group viewed as inferior all remain largely intact in the new version. So I compare the old version and the new version. Um, and this is a wonderful play. Both versions are wonderful. The play's dramatization of the struggle and complexities of gender and sexuality, race and nationality may not be fluid or as blurred as Huang may have intended, but they continue to complicate the show um, and tell us the lasting influence of these monolithic binary constructions and their hold on notions of selfhood, identity, and authenticity. Um, so many of you have never heard of this play, um, but um, the play itself is, is very, very beautifully written. So I 
would totally recommend you to get it on Amazon or it's only a couple bucks and it's very short to read it through and um, you'll understand more about my analysis I guess um, and the M butterfly has been consistently read and interpreted as a critique of stereotypes one particular binary has emerged as a lotus a locus for discussion of these stereotypes which is how it depicts the notion of western men as powerful desirous fingers who sought to dominate eastern women who must be demure and delicate and in this play song the chinese spy right who plays a woman for gallimard famously says at his trial to the judge this is all after he's found out that he's a man he he he's at court as a man and he says basically her mouth says no but her eyes say yes the west think of itself as masculine big guns big industry big everything well you know your own fantasies and so the east is feminine whether as butterfly or as wily dragon lady it's inscrutable exotic filled with feminine mystique and this is written by huang in the play and the west is gendered masculine and the east is gender feminine according to song right? in the play gallimard also has a very famous gendering of the east where he says directly to the audience there is a vision of the orient that i have of slender woman in qipao and kimonos who die for the love of unworthy foreign devils who are born and raised to be the perfect woman who take whatever punishment we give them and bounce back strengthened by love unconditionally it is a vision that has become my life so my goal today is to share with you uh, my examination on how M Butterfly rather than simply reify and embody these concepts on the stage also destabilizes these concepts by revealing their performance and thus mutable and fictive basis one that depends on not on immutable facts but on the strength of one's belief and conviction in these concepts and I wish also to extend my analysis further by destabilizing the current reading of M. Butterfly as a critique of imperialism, by showing how the stereotypes of demure, submissive, and sacrificial Eastern woman is not simply restricted to a Western-Eastern binary, but is latent in both such cultures and that such a binary in itself is unsustainable. And in order to have a full understanding of M. Butterfly's use of these binary concepts and pairings, right? The binaries are the crust of M. Butterfly. How its depiction of the Orient and the woman show how one does not even actually need the body of someone who is actually of the Orient or a woman. So the fact that Song is he is not a woman but he is seen and actually believed to be a woman right and rather M butterfly is able to show how characters perform the role of oriental 
and of women and are remarked as these figures. So both So and Gallimard talk and think repeatedly about how they are reacting or performing what they think it means to be oriental or to be an ideal woman. So Song is a man who performs as a woman, who ultimately identifies himself as a man in trial in the end, right? After he's um, revealed as a spy. And Gallimard is a man who struggles with his masculinity and sees himself as a Western and ultimately identifies himself as Cho Cho Sang, which is in Madame Butterfly, and this oriental woman in Madame Butterfly who kills herself after she discovers her Western male lover has failed to return and reciprocate her love. So how, what am I really talking about here? Why is Gallimard the becoming the oriental woman? Um, so the, at first in Butterfly, I'll explain to you how this progressed throughout the play. So at first, the references to Madame Butterfly's Cho Cho Sang, who's known as Butterfly, are set up to be seen as the archetypical and stereotypical representation of the oriental woman. The invocation and um, reference of this other stereotypical butterfly prepares the audience and Gallimard to initially see Song as Cho Cho San figure in M Butterfly. Okay. So Song, um, as you will know in the play, he is a very famous Chinese Peking um, opera singer. And in Peking opera, um, the male actually dress up in um, playing a female character, a female figure. So when Gallimard first met Song, she was he was on stage playing a woman, and Gallimard fell in love with this figure or with this version of this beautiful Chinese woman. Right. So um, you'll see in the beginning he followed. Uh, uh, Song into his dressing room and he was flirting with him and he was flirting back to him and Song in this representation becomes the Orient and Song's speech becomes representative of what people in the Orient think of Westerners such as when Song says to Gallimard it is one of your favorite fantasies isn't it the submissive oriental woman and the cruel white man. So such a binary sets up Gallimard as the Pinkerton figure who falls in love with this exotic maiden from the East in Madame Butterfly. Right? So Gallimard is described in the play as white and blue-eyed. He's male. He's self-conscious about his masculinity represent um, in the West and he even laments after a scene where Song mocks and criticizes him for assuming or embodying certain stereotypes Gallimard says so much for protecting her in my big Western arms so even in the situations where Gallimard demonstrate what he feels is a failed masculinity 
um, one which embodies certain imperial, racial, and sexual stereotypes, right? And the play deliberately sets up the audience member to see Gallimard as the one with more power and is superior, quote-unquote, of course, um, figure to the, quote-unquote, inferior song. But the twist that M. Butterfly embodies, which Henry David Huang himself has written about, is that the binary power dynamic of a superior or dominant figure trope can be used by the inferior as well. So as the play's plot unfolds, one sees that it is in fact Song who uses these archetypes of Madame Butterfly and the notion of Western men who think themselves superior and more powerful to make Gallimard Song's docile lover and informant. Remember that Song is a spy and Gallimard had no idea. But Gallimard just fell more and more in love with Song. He had no idea, really, like why he's fallen so much in love. And eventually, it is Song who is the one who uses and abandons him. And the idea of Madame Butterfly by Puccini originates in Puccini's fantasy of the East, right? In a very deliberate misconception and dr- dramatization. Therefore, distinct from whether or not its alleged referential location are real. So the identities, narratives, and the power dynamics are all completely constructed and can be adapted by any individual or group in their own retelling. So the great irony, as Huang implies, um, as the play continues, is that identity is much more complex. That woman is in fact a shifting reality with the body as a site of the negotiation of power. And according to Song, only a man really knows how to enact woman properly. And as we know in the play, right, Song is a very, very famous Peking opera singer. So he plays the woman figure so beautifully. He has his makeup on, he dresses, and he's, his figure is gorgeous. His figure is um, slim, slender, and the perfect woman, woman-like figure. And because men, quote-unquote, and women, quote-unquote, are oppositional defined terms, reversals of male and female positions offer possibility for the gender performance to conform to different social contexts. So, Huang suggests that there needs to be not a binary setting by letting Song introduce the famous butterfly story of Liang Shanbo and Zhu Yingtai in Chinese history, which Gallimard simply interprets as a tragic love story, exactly like Madame Butterfly, and choosing to ignore why Song sees it as different and significant. So a little bit about the very famous um, butterfly story in Chinese history, which you might have not heard of. So um, it basically tells the story of how uh, these two students, Liang Shanbo, the male student, and Zhu Yingtai, the female student, and they met at a um, at a school, at a studio. And back then, of course, in ancient China, only men can go to school. So um, Zhu Yingtai, she she wanted to go to school, so she uh, dressed up as a male, 
and pretend that he's a man. Um, and of course, Liang Shanbo, uh, his class, her classmates doesn't know, and somehow they fell in love. And um, of course, later that uh, she was found out, and she was kicked out of school. And in fact, she was punished by what she did. Um, and in the end, the tragic uh, love couple had to be turned, had to turn into butterfly. To be together forever because um, their families were against them um, being together. There's a lot of um, a lot of social context as well that they're from uh, different, um, very different family. Um, their status in in life in the society is very different, so they can't be together. So in short, that's the Chinese story. But um, Song explains his character in the Peking Opera to Gallimard. Referencing this Chinese story, he says, "My character is a girl who, in order to be educated, disguises herself as a boy. I fall in love with another classmate, also male, of course, and he finds he has feelings for me which he cannot understand. And finally, I can hold the truth inside me no longer. It burst forth too late. I've already been." Betrothed to a wealthy merchant, and my true love dies of heartbreak. On the way to my wedding, I threw myself into his grave, but heaven takes mercy on us. We two are reborn as butterflies to be together forever. Now, isn't that the more beautiful story than your Chu Chu Sang story in Madame Butterfly? And this is what、um, Song tells Gallimard of. of Um, who he portrays in the Peking Opera, right?、Um, and by adding this story into the new version of the play in twenty seventeen, Henry David Huang is deliberately contrasting this authentic Orient suggested by Song. This authentic Oriental story comes from Chinese history, and、um, That existed in Gallimard's consciousness. It is a story that convinced Gallimard that Song is actually a woman, as he delusionally saw Song as the girl in the story. So this is Song's play in telling him when he was kind of questioning, "Oh, is Song a woman or a man?" Right? Because he kind of has doubt that. Oh, it's you don't. You don't quite behave quite like a woman, but also you. It feels like you're a woman. So, Song lied about his gender, his identity, and almost everything that Gallimard believed in, except his love for Gallimard. He did love the French diplomat, and they were in love. And、um, this Orientalism,、um, the play opens out the self to the world. And softening or even dissolving these boundaries, where identity becomes spatialized as a series of shifting points constructed in and through fields of power and meaning. And the play subverts the notion of a binary boundary, right? Challenges and undermines the idea of a unitary identity. In a very ironic way, Song becomes a conscious manipulator of Orientalism, 
who by inverting the butterfly role performed the role of Pinkerton with Gallimard. And Song becomes a version of the unfaithful lover himself. Because in the end, we'll learn that Song abandoned Gallimard. And, I mean, of course, lied to him the whole time. Um, lied about their, their kid as well. Um, and as I mentioned a lot, like Orientalism, right? Um, people who are not familiar with Orient, Oriental or Orientalism, um, I, will, um, I will introduce a little bit. Um, and in this story, I think um, Edward Said, who famously wrote the, um, the very, very, very wonderful book, Orientalism, argues that the Orient that appears in Orientalism is a system of representation framed by a whole set of forces that brought the Orient into Western learning, Western consciousness, and later Western empire. If this definition of Orientalism seem more political than not, that is simply because I think Orientalism was itself a product of certain political forces and activities. In actuality, actuality, in spite of their performance and periods of identification where they inhabit and identify with stereotypes of being a woman and Oriental, neither of Song or Gallimard can be said to be seen authentically a woman or authentically Oriental with the um, digesis of the play, but they nonetheless wield the ability to affect and dramatize notions of womanhood and orientalization, even though both are men and one is even white and Western. So in the play um, by Henry David Huang, right, by showing how a man can perform as a woman and a Western man can identify eventually as a tragic Oriental figure who is abandoned, who is lied to, who um, eventually um, he fell in love with Song but is not really loved by him. It depicts how notions of ideal womanhood and of oriental figures are in itself artificially constructed and used for the purpose of categorizing and assigning certain assumed power dynamics and social relations. So it is Gallimard who proclaims near the play's end um, a dramatic conclusion that I am a man who loved a woman created by a man. Everything else simply falls short. So in the conclusion, the Gallimard reenacts, um, this is a very, very uh, exciting scene, I guess, um, uh, which it didn't really happen in real life, of course. But in the play, after the trial, after uh, Gallimard is convicted of treason, he reenacts the seppuku, the suicide scene from Madame Butterfly, before killing himself. And he tells the audience in his final words, My name is Rene Gallimard, also known as Madame Butterfly. So he dies identifying himself with and as a woman and an oriental. Though 
um, in the play, Gallimard is actually neither, right? He he is infatuated um, identification with these categories destabilizes both of these constructs as factual and immutable concepts and ideals. He rather um, manipulated and used. Um, he is manipulated and used by those whom they might not have originally been constructed or used to describe. The roles imposed are rather than innate traits defined. So, so the roles and this imposed identity on these characters um, makes the play actually pretty, pretty interesting and pretty perplexing as well. And what makes the play actually disturbing, however, is that even though Harry and David Huang in searching to answer the questions of how Gallimard's delusion could be sustained for so long. And remember, Gallimard, uh, he, I mean, he had sex with Song, according to him, according to them. And he still believed that uh, he is a woman. And they had a kid, even, which is arranged by Chinese government. This mixed kid, so so Gallimard actually really believed in it, um, and in the real life, um, in real life, in the true story, uh, the French diplomat actually um, arranged his Chinese lover to move to France with him. So they were actually very, very in love. Um, so how how could his delusion be so long, right? And he still chose to let Song and Galamar, two men, to present their male perspective and interpretation on what it means to be a woman. And this role of woman is performed by both Song and Galamar, but neither truly identifies themselves as women. So they both foster the discussion of the ideal perfect woman, whether shown in Gallimard's original imagination of Madame Butterfly um, or in Song's deliberate performance of the submissiveness of a woman. Yet in both cases, despite it being a story of two men, it is women who are often the subject of their conversation and ultimately their own versions and images of the ideal woman that are being sacrificed. And the death of Butterfly is, on the first glance, easily attributed to Gallimard's blind pursuit of this image of the perfect oriental woman and the power struggle caused by the vicissitudes of global politics, right? But however, the crust of the, crust of the plot and each character's narrative is still motivated by their vision of how the ideal woman should be, how a woman must love and behave, perform and be used, and of course, who ultimately sacrifice to a vague, always stronger masculine agenda and agency. This is very, very disturbing, right? Why in a play of like two men, really, that women are still the sacrificial figure. Why is woman always to to blame? Um, it is this masculinity that Gallimard and Song both impose on their impressions and performance of women. 
as they struggle and identify with these notions of West and East, their nationality, their own personal individuality that is subsumed by larger notions of what it means to be a man that ultimately enacts itself through performances, not of masculinity, but of how women should behave for and with men, right? So Henry David Huang's and Butterfly, I think, is a play about two men's composed composition and sharing and discussion of stories of women, which may initially seem to be about women in society, but actually serve to circumscribe and define both narratives and norms, not of actual women, but of the space being a woman holds. So in a, in a simpler um, explanation, how come this play about two men actually is talking or defining about what a woman should be like and what an ideal woman should behave, right? This legacy of masculinity struggling with appropriating and incorporating aspects of femininity within its acceptable bounds can be traced to pre-modern Chinese fiction narratives, um, which I hope to talk about next episode. And, but using these stories and these symbols, right? And these two men, really, they were able to perform women in such a way as to define what it means to be a woman. Even though many such examples only featured men engaging in or performing the feminine action or roles. So, so the Huang um, for Gallimard and Song, right? Huang writes that this power relationship that exists in the sexual relationship between men in these narratives are very interesting. So the rather than um, showing that the legacy of men performing as women and men talking amongst women of how women should be. And he really, really problematized this simple binary of West and East, of men and women, right? So what really allowed men to paradoxically, uh, paradoxically and dissonantly, but nonetheless still be read as masculine despite the outright appropriation of woman forms and shapes in both fictional and non-fictional accounts, right? As we see like Song and Gallimar, they both are really interpreted um, in the end as female figures, as women, as feminine figures. And so I ask these questions, I'm, I'm puzzled. And, and I think it's perhaps not surprising that the rise of men writing about women martyrs are indicative of the intensification of depictions of female noble sacrifice, especially suicide, as a widely occurring, recurring, not only in narrative, but as a cultural value and idealized norm, reinforced through anecdote, fiction, and official documentation in and Butterfly. And in the play, Huang tries to point out 
the ways that gender are involved in the construction of identity by having Song spell out Gallimard's fantasy on Madame Butterfly's suffering. Right, in this way, Anne Butterfly is not alone in presenting narratives of womanly love and self-sacrifice for men, as we have seen many times in different cultures in, in different cultures in the world and in pre-modern Chinese uh, fictions representations um, of of relationships between men really that how multiple generations of male figures have used men behaving as women to both illustrate what it's beautiful and acceptable and recommended and desired and really the ideal um, about behaviors that is associated with women right so i think that it really is interesting in huang's representation of gallimard and song's stereotypes of the ideal women in and butterfly we see that the body of literary representation, um, the place representation of exclusively men discussing women and performing even as women, and they are both asserting a sense of superiority in knowledge and behavior, and depict and delineate what it is what it means to be a woman, and they're not so easily bound by time or space and. I have found that in Huang's and Butterfly, right, there is a wealth um, of such stories of of men behaving as women to tell the world how a woman should be, and I think it's really interesting and it deserves um, more analysis and um, thinking into into this tradition of, of um, writing on male-male relationship that actually um, in a sense are about women and they're about even what women should be and what do these stories of how these men wish to tell and perform such representations of women really tell us about gender and what does it tell about um, how society at different times um, in different cultures see women um, and i guess we'll leave that to um, more discussions on a particular interesting genre of um, of writing from ming dynasty next time um, and thank you so much again for tuning in. Um, I know that this is all a lot of academic writing kind of jargon thrown in, um, but I hope really that when you get a chance to um, go and search and butterfly and think about the story really a little bit more and maybe even relate it to your own version of reality um, of the um, depictions growing up that you've seen um, in um, the Western, the Eastern, the Oriental, and the women, the men, the men, men relationship. 
and、uh, I would love to hear what you think. Send me some feedbacks if possible.、Um, and、uh, again, thank you, thank you so much.